Welcome to this episode of Around the Fire, where I share my journey with alcohol. These two episodes were first recorded in 2020, so a year ago, and listening back to them as I created this podcast, I was interested just how much emphasis I placed on the alcohol-free drinks in the episodes and you know that has been a big part of it for me um i love party life i love the social life and to have something to drink you know in those times which wasn't boring um you know it was great and what i want to make clear is that that's not everybody's journey for some people to have something that tasted so similar to the real thing would actually cause havoc um on their path but, you know, I can only share what worked for me. And I think I also want to make clear that along the way, I was doing a heap of healing work um, to really get to the bottom of, you know, what had been going on underneath, what was causing the pain, what was causing the stress, why was alcohol my go-to, what was it that I really needed to escape from. So I hope you find something in this podcast to note and you know do have a think if there's anyone that you know that's maybe thinking of changing their relationship with alcohol doesn't need to be cutting it out altogether but maybe just wanting to become a bit more aware of patterns or why they drink or want to find some ways of cutting it down maybe you can have a listen and think whether it's something that you could share with them As we head into dry July, I thought I would take some time this episode to talk about my journey from drinking really quite a lot to not drinking alcohol at all. It's been nearly two years for me now, two years this week, and yeah, it has been quite an amazing journey. So I guess for me, alcohol had been part of my life from sort of the age of 16, um, that we were starting to go out and get to pubs or have parties at friends houses and things you know all much of the norm and I remember you know I didn't really like the taste of beer very much at all but Alco Pops were just coming onto the market we had two dogs and hooch which were sort of lemony flavoured drinks and they were certainly a lot easier to drink than the beer and I guess um, yeah as I got to university or maybe just before uh, sort of trying different things um, when we were out and yeah, finding what I did enjoy rather than just sort of knocking back the beer for the sake of it. University was a tough time for me. Um, I had a lot of stuff coming up and that I was trying to deal with. And sadly, many a night out that started, you know, in good fun and all the rest of it would end in tears or end up in me walking off or some other debacle um that yeah not overly proud of but um yeah have sort of forgiven myself for quite a long time ago now and been compassionate about the fact that yeah for whatever reason there was some real stuff coming up during those years 
But after university, it didn't really um, sort of end there. And often nights were, yeah, carried on being the same. You know, we'd often start to drink before we went out um, so that we didn't spend so much money. But then we'd carry on drinking while we were out. So that plan didn't work. And particularly as a in my late 20s, I was in a relationship that was not healthy at all. And I was also working in hospitality at the time. And so not that it was, you know, sort of the traditional lock-ins and drinking after work by any means. But any time that I did have off, then, yeah, there would certainly be alcohol featured very heavily. And I remember one um, one morning walking um, through Brighton in the UK and we were stood outside this doorway and I was like that's weird the door's locked and then we realized it was like half past ten in the morning and there we are trying to get into a pub Um, so I can't quite remember what we did but we'd have gone and hung around a bit until the pub opened and yeah that probably was one of the first times that should have been a bit of a wake-up call But I also remember looking back now, um, there would be times that I'd go out with friends and yeah, even at the sort of later stage, you know, once the occasion had ended, you know, maybe we'd just gone out for lunch or something like that and we'd had some drinks, like the tears would start, like I just wouldn't want to go back into normality and into sort of real life. But again, you know, hadn't really made that connection that, you know, maybe there was some stuff going on that I wasn't prepared to look at or I don't think I really, no, I don't think I'd done any sort of personal development or self-awareness by that point at all. And so, yeah, would have had no idea that actually maybe some stuff was going on that I wasn't facing and wasn't, yeah, prepared to look at because I just didn't know. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And yeah, I certainly hadn't thought all I knew that was... I was I was miserable, I was sad, I did not want to go back to the life that I was living after having had, you know, drinks with friends and things. There were often times that I couldn't even remember the, the night before and people sort of say, oh, you know, I, I don't believe that or um, can't see how that could have happened. But I honestly, there would be nights that I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have to check in with someone as to what happened. And I remember one when I was at university and I was doing my nurse's training and I went to work after a night out and I rang my friend in my break and I was like, crikey, you know, can you fill me in on last night? Because I, yeah, don't understand why I feel quite so rough and really not in a good place this morning. And she was like, have you gone to work? And I was like, yep. And she goes, Liz, you were clubbing with us till like the early hours of the morning and I was like no the plan was to just go home after the meal because I knew I had work and she said no Liz I can send you the photos you came clubbing with us and I was just like wow I have totally got no recollection of that part of the evening at all but again still at that point oh that was back at university so um yeah just no self-awareness, no idea what was going on, no comprehension. Or I don't know if I even paused to think, why was I drinking to such oblivion um, as often as I was? 
And of course, you know, typical thing, I didn't see it as a problem. It was part of the culture. You know, I couldn't have been an alcoholic because I didn't drink whiskey at, you know, first thing in the morning kind of thing, whatever the sort of stereotypical image is. Um, So no, you know, I couldn't possibly have a problem. And I remember actually at one point going or finding out probably because I was seeing the University Medical Centre and they explained that there was two types of alcoholism. You know, there was the need it every day, need it in the morning, need it first thing type. And then there was the let's drink to oblivion type. And it might just be once a week, but that's really drinking to excess. Just before I came away to New Zealand, I did my first um, sort of steps into personal development and self-awareness. But even then, I don't think that that had even a brief impact on my drinking. I think it was just part of who I was, part of my makeup. And yeah, I don't think I really got any clues around that um, before I came away traveling. And then when I arrived in New Zealand, I was very much with the people that I met when I first got here. It was very much, again, part of the way of life. And so I slotted right in. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was during spare time. It was on days off again. I was doing care work at the time, so could possibly have random days off. And so that would be an uh, excuse to get get on the drinks. And I don't think I went to she says wrecking her brains quickly I don't think I drank to the extent of memory loss and the oblivion of some days times previously in the UK but it was very much part of part of my life part of my way of living part of my sort of social setup and things and it got to winter 2017 and it was at a point where Sunday fun days were a big thing for me and would often involve me getting in touch with a few people because I never really wanted to do it on my own. So I would sadly rope a few people um, into the mix as well. And yeah, Sunday afternoons would be spent down the bottom of a wine bottle or two or three, or some other combination. And I remember one Sunday fun day, and I was at the bottom of a third bottle of wine, and I've almost got this image of me sort of looking into the bottle. And I just thought, it was as if I did some self-coaching, and I asked myself, what am I trying to escape from here? And the answer came back loud and clear, life. And it was just like, wow, okay, this is kind of serious, I need to be doing something about this. And it kind of upset me because, you know, I'd come away to New Zealand to live life differently and to travel and to, you know, do have all those hopes and dreams. But I'd found myself in a rut again and, you know, I'd, I've talked in previous episodes around how um, the gremlins came with me in my backpack when I came over here to New Zealand. And... It was a point where, when I realised that I was trying to escape from life, that I thought that I thought this is actually something that I've got to do something about now. That this is 
yeah, you know, I've got this opportunity to live in this amazing country that that I had lost two friends the previous November. And I think it was at that point that I had started doing some self-development and I had started getting some more awareness about myself. And it was interesting because often I would come back from a therapy session and I'd pick up some wine on the way as if to say, well, well, let's not sort of um, take this too quickly. Let's just put a cap on our journey. Let's just put a cap on our healing and get drunk tonight and, um, you know, we'll sort of face this new start tomorrow again. So when I had been staring down that bottle of wine that day, I really did make a stand and I was like, okay, something's got to change. And then that's when I gave up my rented accommodation and gave most of my stuff away and over a period of a few weeks got on the road and started ticky touring around the country. And looking back now, there was, over those few weeks, things had definitely started to change. I, whether it was, no, it definitely was because I'd actually started to connect back to myself and connect back to those hopes and dreams that I had when I left the UK and was just like, yes, actually, you know, this is me. This is the free spirit. This is the person that... I was born to be and interestingly over those few weeks I you know the amount that I was drinking really did start to drop and so you know when I was sort of finally got on the road just before Christmas 2017 um, yeah I really was in a much better place and really felt connected and that actually this is what I wanted to be doing and this is what I've been dreaming about for ages and you know there suddenly was this whole life opening up in front of me again. just before the break I was talking about how I was leaving Auckland and I was heading out onto the road and I was had no plans um I just got some savings in the bank and I was just going to make life up as I went along and Christmas for that year was spent at the top of Coromandel at Stony Bay just such a beautiful spot and I remember I had a bottle of gin with me and you know, was spending Christmas Day on my own and I was okay with that and had this most amazing experience um, with a guy that had come off the beach, come walking off, off the beach and passed my tent and we got chatting and then he asked if what I was doing for Christmas dinner and I said, oh, I've just got some snacks and stuff and he said, oh, come on over, I've got, you know, a whole heap of steaks and we just had the most amazing barbecue. Anywho, uh, yeah, so, you know, I had the gin, but I really wasn't drinking much at all. And I swear that bottle of gin lasted me for so long on that trip. Um, like, I just wasn't fussed, whether it was because I was by myself, but I think it was mainly because, actually, I was starting to enjoy life again. I was starting to really enjoy it sober, and it was something that I just didn't want to escape from anymore. 
And I think from that point on, it was that sort of one bottle of gin and I don't think there really was much else. And I remember sort of then got to May, June time and I was thinking, like I'd catch up with a friend and I'd order a gin and tonic and then I'd order another one and I was like, oh, you know, I don't really want the second one. And so then it went to sort of just ordering the first one. And then it went to actually, let me just see if they've got non-alcoholic drinks um, on offer. And yeah, then finally it got to a point of not even starting to look at the wine list or the drinks list, but to go straight to the non-alcoholic section. And for me, kombucha was a massive part of that coming off alcohol. Just... um I found some that sort of tasted as if they did, which helped to begin with. But yeah, just very much having that tasty drink um, that was cold and refreshing and in a bottle and all the rest of it that sort of served as that replacement for a while. I can't remember what sort of finally got me thinking, actually, maybe I can just give this up altogether. And I don't think I even thought, okay, I'm never going to drink alcohol again. But I I think I just got into it. Like I was just like, I don't need, I don't have the need for this anymore. That actually I feel I'm at a place where I don't want to escape life by any means now. And I can thoroughly enjoy myself being surrounded by people drinking and not miss it at all. And what was interesting quite a while later into the journey that there were times that, you know, stress, stresses in my life would crop up and they were the times I'd go, oh, I could murder one of those cold bourbons right now or I could kill for a glass of wine or whatever it was. And it was just like, wow, you know, that was that sort of, oh, you know, got to the end of the week type um, thing or, as I say, a particular stress had come up. And that was my go-to. And I remember when I was swimming um, earlier this year, I really got into swimming. And I, I actually said to someone, I said, this is my new alcohol. Not that I was drinking the swimming pool water, but it, was, it felt that sort of real stress relief that actually, you know, I could go into that pool sort of having had a big day or, you know, maybe some stuff coming up. And yeah, by the end of it, especially if I could use the outdoor pool, um yeah it it really felt so so different um and of course no hangover or consequences the next day as i say it's 2 years this week that i haven't drunk and i i really don't miss it i love being around people i love that sort of party atmosphere you know if there's music playing and stuff going on and the banter and i love being a part of that it's just great to be a part of that without you know while while still having control of everything and remember everything the next morning and not having the next day being a total write-off because I can't move or my head's pounding or whatever it is and I remember actually at one point going I don't want to miss out on another day because I'm hungover I don't want to write off a Sunday or a whatever day because yeah you know I'm feeling rough and can't get out of bed and it really was that connection back to me and that absolutely loving life again that I didn't want to escape 
I just didn't want to escape anymore. And some people ask me, you know, do you think you'll ever drink again? Who knows? I'm not putting any sort of pressure on myself or whatever. I know right now that this is what works for me. And yeah, I'm really enjoying the journey. Some people ask, you know, well, what else do you drink? I have found a non-alcoholic gin that I love. Um, and <laughs> some people say, well, what's the point? And I say purely because of the taste. You know, I loved the taste of gin when I drank it before. I love the taste of non-alcoholic gin. It's just a different drink to be drinking rather than constantly drinking sort of soft drinks and things, which can be very sweet and very boring when, um, you know, you're sort of at a party or something like that. And it's amazing the range of non-alcoholic drinks that are coming out now. My brother often does sort of research and stuff in the UK to see what's on the market and he says there's lots of different beers that are tasting far better than sort of non-alcoholic beers have ever done. Um, we've also found a website that I'm very keen to explore. It's got all sorts of non-alcoholic spirits with very good re reviews and so yeah as I say some people say what's the point but you know if you like the flavour and you like the taste and it adds a bit of party into the mix then why not? And so that's a bit about my journey and how I got to where I am around not drinking. And I do feel very supported by my family on this journey. Whenever I'm back in the UK, they're often looking for different drinks that I can have. And when I went on holiday with mum and dad last year, dad had found some non-alcoholic drinks for me, which were awesome. So if you've got any questions or any ideas or maybe you've got a website that you found that is full of non-alcoholic drinks for us to try I would love to hear from you so please do get in touch via my website liz-fry.com July and last week I talked about my journey of sobriety which makes it sound very serious um, but I like to call it my journey of drinking a lot to not drinking anything at all and the fact that last week I celebrated two years of being sober. So I shared where that journey took me last week and since then people have asked you know sort of well how did you do it or can you give me some tips or ideas as to what worked for you. So I thought it only made sense to follow that up this week with some of those ideas. And I think for me to begin with, it was actually really key in terms of finding out why I was drinking, like what, what was going on underneath all that. And I did recount the story of one Sunday fun day, as I used to call them, um, where I got to the bottom of my third bottle of wine and was just sort of almost staring into it going what am I trying to escape from here like seriously what's what's going on and when the answer came back life it was like okay I've got to do something about it so for me that was a pretty definite sign that something wasn't quite going right I wasn't really living the dream as I'd planned to um, by coming away traveling and ending up living in New Zealand um, but you know deep down there was something going on something pretty sad something still hurting or unresolved and that, yeah, my way of 
avoiding that or not even having to deal with it um, was to drink. And I don't think it was even a conscious thing. I don't think I thought, I don't want to feel anything today. Um, I want to avoid every negative emotion possible. It was just actually, you know, it's almost as soon as some stuff started brewing up again, it was like, okay, let's, let's get some people together and let's have a drink because that's fun. And so, yeah, I guess that would be my first tip to really get clear on what is going on underneath. Um, it may be some, you know, it may be some unresolved traumas. It may be some, you know, some pain that you're holding. Some, It may be stress levels that actually, uh, you know, drinking for you is a way of relieving some of that stress as well. And I know that that was certainly key for me about 18 months into my journey of not drinking. I was at a point where some stuff was going on and like I did feel really quite stressed in this situation. And my absolute go-to was, ah, well, I'll just have a drink and then that will, you know, calm me down and sort it out. But um, I didn't want to just have a drink. And so I went, I think I went out for a walk that time. Um, but last week I also talked about how I love swimming um, and I've just got into that in the last few months that, yeah, for me, there's something beautiful about that and that way of relieving stress. And again, you know, when we've got other tools up our sleeve and in our toolbox, then some of our sort of go-to coping mechanisms that have served us and got us as far as they have um, for this long, we can actually go, actually, I've got some alternatives now. I've got some other things that I can use and work with and let's give that a shot instead. Not that sort of shot. Like, let's give that a try. Not, let's have a shot. <laughs> Good one. I remember my 40th birthday just last year. And at no point in the celebrations for that did I think, ah, oh, you know, I'd love to just have one drink or, um, you know, feel that I was missing out in any way. And I certainly had no issue of people drinking around me at all. Um, but it was interesting that that wasn't a problem, but it was when the stress came up that that was sort of that go-to of having a drink to relax. And again, you know, it's, it's a place of non-judgment that I feel we need to hold ourselves. It's actually just a place of awareness. You know, it's not judging ourselves as, oh, I've, you know, I've used alcohol as a crutch till now, or... I've used it as this or I've used it as that or beating ourselves up about it. It is what it is. Um, it, as I say, it's got us this far. But actually now, can we pause and go, you know, roll with the awareness, roll with the insights that we're getting and go, OK, I now know what I know and what decision do I want to make from this place as opposed to, yeah, beating ourselves up when actually we were just doing what we could with what we knew at the time. I certainly didn't realise, you know, sure, I knew I was upset or down, but I didn't know, you know, the extent of um, what was going on for me. And all I knew was that something was going on and I didn't want to go there. So just to sort of recap, it was very much around finding out what was going on and, you know, a pattern around the times that I really wanted to drink and really felt that sort of strong pull. Um, and once I understood more about that, then different ways of looking after myself so I didn't reach that point so quickly, um, but also different tools in the toolkit so that should I have reached that point again, um, that I could have different ways and different things to reach out to. 
because it's not saying that just because I've stopped drinking now I don't get stressed or down or upset or whatever it is but it's actually yeah I've got other ways now that I can deal with those situations as they come up without reaching for the booze. And I guess something else for me was actually being conscious of who I was spending time with. I don't know at the beginning whether I was actually strong enough or determined enough to keep off the drink that actually, you know, if I'd been either at the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time and someone had said, oh, Liz, you know, I got your drink or, you know, do you want a shot or whatever it was, then maybe I would have just gone actually short. Um, you know, started again next week or, well, that was nice for a few weeks or whatever, but uh, it's not really me. So I think, you know, that would be another tip of just being really conscious of who you're around. And it's not about, you know, right and wrong and all the rest of it. It's making this journey for you as easy as possible. And saying that, <laughs> um, for me, it was actually, I actually coincided with me moving out of where I was living and coincided with me getting on the road and doing a ticket tour around New Zealand and although like I still was drinking at that point um, I think partly because I was traveling on my own but also because I was actually really living life as I wanted to live it and loving it that and not having those stresses um, that actually yeah drinking you know did not feature as high up on my priority list and as I said last week, it sort of then just gently petered out. So yeah, I guess that that would be my thoughts. Just spend time thinking, you know, who you've got around you. Have you got other people on a similar journey, whether it's even no alcohol or something else that they're working towards that you can have some accountability with each other? Are there other interests or hobbies or passions that you want to pursue that actually you haven't done so because it may have interrupted with drinking times or, um, you know, for me, I'd have been too hung over the next day to actually go and do anything. You know, what are some of those things that you want to bring into life and people that you want to be around that will be supportive of your journey? So I think that's, that's really key, especially in the early days. You know, we want to set ourselves up to succeed with this and there's certainly ways we can do that to support our support ourselves I think for me not drinking has really opened up opportunities and different ways of doing things whether that's you know one that particularly comes to mind is around celebrating and my absolute go-to would depending on the occasion would either be some bubbles or some bourbon or you know well to be honest whatever else was going but um, actually, you know, if we take that out of the equation, well, how, how do we celebrate, whether it's a birthday or whether it's an achievement or life itself? And again, having an openness around what does that look like? So when last year, when I was a year sober, it was the night that I dance on a Tuesday and yeah, had an awesome evening dancing. This year, it was slightly less active and it was just a beautiful evening chilling by myself and giving myself that time and space and opportunity to top up the tanks. And you may find other ways of celebrating and that fit, really feel right for you. And I think it's amazing the range of non-alcoholic drinks that are coming onto the market now 
So maybe it's just a case of that. And maybe that if you're thinking about not drinking for a while or giving it up altogether, um, but not quite sure, maybe it, it is just getting some of those beers in or drinks in just so that you've got an option. So for those times that you want something, but you're not sure if you really want to have a drink or you want to try an evening without something, then, you know, to start having some of those backups and some of those options may start to make things feel a little bit easier for you. So three tips for today. Can you see any patterns within your drinking times, days, um, moods, feelings, emotions? When is it that you reach for a drink? Secondly, what, what could you do instead? What can you do proactively, sort of preemptively to help you feel in a better place, you know, maybe keep those stress levels down or start the healing journey on some of the things that you're carrying. Also to actually just be conscious of who you've got around you, who is supporting you. If you've got people around you that aren't supporting you, that's totally their journey. Um, but yeah, don't let them have a hold over you and what you want to be doing and where you want to be heading. Really supporting yourself with people that encourage you is absolutely key, certainly in the early days. And then finally, just what might be some things that can help you along the way, whether it is the right people or whether it is non-alcoholic drinks or some other ways of spending your time. for listening to this episode of Around the Fire. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've gleaned some ideas or some information, some thoughts, or maybe even feeling a bit inspired right now. I love getting feedback, so do contact me via my website, liz-fry.com, if you'd like to share some thoughts, or if you're feeling that actually maybe you'd like to share your story, maybe that you think, okay, yeah, it's time that I want to get my story out there then I would absolutely love to have that conversation and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Do get in touch and uh, we'll start to make that happen. The music that you've been hearing throughout this episode was created specifically for the podcast by an amazing man called Jake Keanu Skinner. You'll find Jake on Facebook and, in, and Instagram under Theta Soundscapes by Jake. And I would ask you to go and have a bit of a explore and um, listen to some other tracks that he does. He plays an incredible amount of instruments and weaves them together in ways that I've never heard anywhere else. So do go and um, explore that afterwards. But for now, I would ask that you just take the last couple of minutes of this podcast to listen to the music. Imagine the embers of the fire in front of you. And just take some time, take some time to be still and take some time for you.